0: And we are back with the Afterwatch. We're watching Re Zero Season One, Episode Sixteen: The Greed of a Pig. I'm Tim. I'm Brian. Wh- wh- who's the greed of a pig? I guess that's what that one girl says to Subaru oh. right after she tries to get him to kiss her foot.
1: And I'm not even entirely sure about the whole meaning of that one in terms of a title.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I guess we could cover it. I, it might be something just lost in the translation. But that, that's, uh,
1: that's interesting. I didn't uh, consider that it might go that way. I have some ideas. Uh, you probably okay. have some guesses, too.
0: I don't know. I just kind of, you know, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know how it goes. I, I <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth in this. A lot of negotiations.
1: Yeah, I do like that part.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's some things that are said that I wish I knew when I was younger. Like, oh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that probably would have been, you know, because obviously Subaru is very impulsive. He's very just going and trying to get things done. And he forgets his place sometimes. Yeah, you
1: you really feel it this time. Like you were saying, like he was impulsive before, but now mm-hmm. he feels so far behind compared to these Yeah, people. because
0: there's so much going on. There's politics this time.
1: Right. And the
0: way oh. they carry
1: themselves is like... High oh, le- right
0: high level right the
1: way that they're well, they're thinking. all
0: like rich or elite or whatever it is they're all different different types of i don't want to say they're all entitled but they're definitely they come from uh, a wealthy background where they usually get what they want and they know how to hmm. so definitely he's at an uh you know a disadvantage here anyway before we get into it I do always have to remind you guys, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, Uh, if you want to check out any of our other shows over there on fictionalcharacters.net, go ahead and do that. Of course, My Hero Academia, Food Wars, and other stuff. If you have any comments, uh, questions, fictionalquestions at gmail.com is how you reach us. We'd love to do a question and answer type of show based on some of this stuff. So if you have any of those, let us know. And if you uh, would like to give us a review, we'd really appreciate it over there on Apple. Or audible okay getting into this Subaru is walking down the street with REM that's kind of where we left last time he finally gets back to a place where REM is alive (laughs) he's walking
1: he's walking with a little more um, what's it called not gusto he's a little more uh, intent Mm -hmm. right? he's mad (laughs) yeah the last do something about it
0: yeah the last time he had to deal with uh, because what he had the PTSD or whatever where he just wasn't even talking and he ended up in that cave with Petaljuice.
1: Yeah, he was destroyed. I thought that that would linger a little longer. That's why I was surprised that he's just ready to do something. And I was, I just thought he would still be
0: kind of well. I think screwed. it. Yeah, it cracked him in a different way. Like he was kind of messed up already, and this almost gave him resolve. If that's, Th- that's, if that's that, that makes a, that's sense. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah. He's very. Uh, he's angry and he's ready to do business. He goes to the capital. First off, before he even gets inside, he meets up with some guy. There's some guy out there talking to Wilhelm. It's Russell Fellow, who's a businessman who already knows who Subaru is. Do you find that odd? Yeah.
1: <clears throat> in second thought, no. But at first, uh, it definitely comes off as like, oh, wow, he knows because... me. I guess from his perspective, he's like, oh, how how's he know me? That's strange. But then again, uh-huh. he's uh, been making a ruckus. He was at the selection event, which is yeah. like the biggest deal in their whole continent. At Mm -hmm. least the continent.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that's got to be what it is. People are talking. They're wondering who this kid is. He dresses weird. He acts crazy. He does impulsive things. And uh, this guy kind of, I don't, what would you say? Is he kind of like, oh, well, you don't know Game of Thrones. I would say Littlefinger where he kind of has his hands in everything Hmm. working behind the scenes. But I guess they're saying that, yeah, this guy, if he knows everything that's going on But it's just weird that we've never met him before. And all of a sudden he just shows up there. But it doesn't come off as a good thing.
1: Yeah, it definitely has a feeling um, that it might be nefarious. But Mm -hmm. I think that they could play it in any direction at the moment. Like just because we haven't seen him doesn't mean it has to be nefarious. He is part of the Merchants Guild. So it is more maybe like, why would he want to be the center of attention when he wants to just maybe control the economics, right? Sit back, make the right deals, talk to the right people and especially if you're trying to keep relationships up. Maybe he doesn't get out in front and, you know.
0: Yeah, well, we, we find out later on why he's there at the Capitol talking to Miss Um We don't find that out now, though. Right now, you know, Subaru is, he's like got one intention. He needs to get in there. He talks to Wilhelm to tell him, you know, take me inside. He, he talks to Miss Cruce and, and just lays it out. Look, the witch's cult is going to attack the Mathers region, you know, Roswell's place in three days. And he asked for help, right? (laughs) So she doesn't want to help. It's all, uh, she says she helped this far, this much, you know, in healing him and whatnot, uh, because she was contracted to. And the only thing that uh, she gives a little bit of an inch, she says, you know what? I will help if you give me something. Like, let's say you say that Amelia is eliminated as a rival. Of course, when he says that out loud, it ruins it. Though you know, when he talks, because as he's talking through it, he says that it doesn't matter either way if you know she gives up her right or she dies. Either way, she's out of it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I really like this part, and I really like Crucia's uh, character. Crucia, crush. I kind of think crush because she's they they pronounce it Crucie though. Yeah. Oh, Crucia. That, that's cool. I kind of say a crush in my head because uh, sure she like crushes everybody. <laughs> well, maybe,
0: maybe that's the uh, you know the secret meaning behind the name or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, just dominating personality. But She's I a, actually I, yeah, I really, very
0: like, military uh, general type.
1: Right, but not in like a mean way. A very pra- like the pragmatic feeling, and I, I really like the way that they word it. It's kind of like you're offering me the what I if you offer me what I want, and you say Amelia's removal. One, I don't know if Subaru is thinking. I will just promise this and go along with it because I can change things later. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Or the, or if it's the only thing that matters that she stays alive. So obviously he would give up something that's not his to give up. Even right. so that's, that's one thing that it's kind of going on there. But, but for Couchet's, uh part, um, I just really like that She's like, either way, if I do nothing or I help you, I don't gain anything. Cause yeah, the end result is still like, she's going to be out. And it's, it's so funny. Uh, It kind of sounds like a savage move, but if you played or our listeners played any free-for-all games like Diplomacy, which is like the board game, or Starcraft 2, if you play any kind of four if you have five people, you're playing a free-for-all, one person attacks the other, they're both probably out. Even if the one that attacked the other wins, like what do they gain out of it? They're just in a weaker position. They've spent resources. So that's not how you win. You don't want to be the one fighting. It's just absolutely awful to be the one fighting there because it's like you gain nothing. You think you gain territory, but now you're weak. But if you go to expand, it's like great—you're going to get stopped because every single person around you is stronger now. And I kind of feel that Cruce like really appreciates this kind of dynamic of mm-hmm. what is good for me. No, um, I
0: like that. Yeah. She even brings up that it's Amelia's job to protect the people in that region. So why is it? Why why do I have to do anything? Why can't Amelia just take care of it if she's such you know? up for the royal selection if she's this powerful person why do i need to step in
1: how much do you believe that do you would you agree with that
0: um in that assessment i think that, that there's a lot of her fishing i mean in this mm. in this situation like because we see that even other people when as he goes and talks to some of the other people there's a lot of people trying to figure out what he knows and and, and glean information off of him because he's so willing to just you know talk his mouth you know speak and he doesn't think about what he's saying a lot of the time because he's so desperate (laughs) most most the time it seems but yeah he's so desperate too that he's yet just shooting his mouth off a lot
1: yep and it kind of makes sense from his point of view but i think the further this episode goes the more you kind of feel how dangerous it is for him to be doing that right And, and how much it goes against getting what he thinks he wants
0: yeah, because I feel like it's helped in the past because he was up against different type of enemy, whether it was just mob beasts or whatever it was, his just gusto and just, you know, whatever. He's just going to keep fighting and and, you know, eventually, <laughs> you know, you throw enough stuff against the wall. Something's going to work. Well, that's not working here.
1: Right. And then uh, speaking of like him just wanted to go at it uh, or I, f- I forget what wording you just used, but. um, and that's kind of what happens here is he just jumps into, he's going to kill them. He's going to kill them all. Uh, right. And, and then I he, wrote in, he's going to yeah, kill him with his pride. Wink, wink. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. That, yeah. There's a lot of things <laughs> being thrown around here. They even ask if, you know, the reason that he knows, is it because he's part of the cult? Of course, Rem speaks up for him saying that there's no way he's part of the cult. And she definitely doesn't like the cult. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's her, kind of taking his side because she knows that he smells like the witch, you know? So there is something in there. Right. But uh, that,
1: that reminds me for what, how come Rem trusts him so easily and so well when clearly Rem just always senses the witch on her. And Rem has the most reason out of a lot of the characters we've seen to hate the witch is like the most directly affected by the cultists that we've seen.
0: uh, Right. Because she has feelings for him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is true that is the
0: truth it's like a blind <laughs> i think there's some of that
1: i guess yeah
0: and then maybe Just she's demonically also...
1: inspired by him yeah right?
0: yeah 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 yeah. and then but also she's never seen him do something that would hurt anyone you know
1: that's true even with the witch's sense, she's kind of judging him by his actions for now
0: uh-huh i think that's that's part of it too and also she probably thinks she could take him Oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's to... not really a threat.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's funny. For um, so speaking of like the weather actions and and his intent, uh, I cruche uh, Krush, can see that um he's not lying, or specifically that he's not lying to himself. And I I love that line because it mm-hmm. really highlights like that he believes his madness. I think that's something
0: is that... yeah. She's trying to figure him out, and uh, one thing she says that really hits hard is that he's talking all this stuff about what needs to happen. We need to go, we need to kill all these witches cult, but at no point he says anything about Amelia saving Amelia. Hmm. And so she's almost questioning his intent there is, is it all was he just, was it some kind of revenge plot where he gets Amelia on his side to take out the witches cult and now he needs more power, you know?
1: Yep. And I think that there's a, good reason that others could try to think things like that of super mm-hmm. they don't know what he's been through um, right. know exactly no what he's done so yeah. this, this guy is super obsessed he knows about the cult we still don't know how many people in the world know about it uh, mm-hmm. maybe the higher ups like the people that are in the selection would have knowledge uh, in their kingdoms of that sort of thing But
0: right because I mean we do hear them say that even the knights are hearing this stuff about movement within the cult so they're tracking but there's no way of really tracking this because they're kind of underground right eventually they just they hit a standstill uh, and he kind of gets he starts to get in crochet's face and Wilhelm kind of pushes him back gets in between them I'm sorry I can't let you any closer and he realizes at that point he's probably gone too far he leaves he bites his lip he doesn't even want them to heal it and uh, when he leaves he says some I don't know this he he's just talking smack a little bit Like, just running his mouth, and I don't think it's a good look. I guess, I mean, at this point, I don't think he's getting anything out of her at this point.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if this is more just a result of his personality a manifestation of things he already did or if it's because of the things that keep happening to him that's just making him worse right like he runs his mouth yeah. like you said and doesn't filter himself and now it's coming off more childish more just desperate emotional, emotional. and despre- desperate exactly i wonder if that's just the natural evolution of basically the tortured life <laughs> that he's living
0: right i think part of it is yeah how would you be i mean yeah, I'd be, it's...
1: I'd be wrecked. I'd probably be like, can I like walk the other way and see what happens? Like,
0: <laughs> I think at one just, point he just to th- figure it out. Say that. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I think it's still an option that he should consider. I know he thinks he's the main character, but I mean, what kind of game is this? He's not, <laughs> he's not doing it's very so well. It's
0: so crazy at this point because, you know, even the last time, once he figured out it had to do with the beast attacking the village, he was able to figure that out. But this, there's so many moving pieces in this puzzle. Right. Ah. <sighs> Anyway, um, he meets up with Rem afterwards. They're talking through. Rem has this really nice way. She still gives all the pleasantries as they're leaving, you know. Well, but
1: very well trained and respectful of, the, of Roswald.
0: Definitely. She, she kind of cushions the blow a little bit as they're leaving. But Roswald is uh, away, I guess, dealing with other officials even Reinhardt is away on some courtesy call. So no one's there to really help. So what does he do? He goes to another one of the Royal Selection people. He mm-hmm. goes to that Priscilla girl.
1: And he, the blonde.
0: And, right. That, uh, what, he met in that alley at first? This does yes. not go well.
1: Right. And speaking of the alley, I, it, it comes up, like they yeah. Quickly here because he's thinking if he's expecting the candidates to be different and I thought okay Maybe but I really like that. They're cunning as well. It really keeps them more interesting. It's not just oh, there's one smart candidate, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Some that aren't and then a uh, that'd be silly too, candidate. Yeah, then... that'd be a little too simple I like that even though they are much different in personality They're still cunning and show that they've been practicing and doing things mm-hmm. uh, To kind of earn their way we right. haven't seen it or don't know how Amelia has been doing it. Maybe that's why she's been like busy and she's kind of reserved. And so she's probably doing it as well, but we don't get to see it as much as what led these people to be as good as they are at this kind of manipulation yeah. or just control the situation. So,
0: And this is definitely a person who's used to being uh, an elite, getting what they want, very mischievous, anything goes, whatever she uh, finds amusing.
1: Yep. She's she is my least favorite out of all of them so far. Oh
0: really? Mm-hmm. I kind of like her, but at the same <laughs> point, everything I like, it's like it's a double edged thing. Like yeah. the things I like also upset me. You know what I'm saying? That's, like I like hey, that's fair because okay, I'll say it a different way. So I like how her character is, how well drawn it is, but. I wouldn't want to be around this person in real life. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, totally. That's like, I like Warhammer, but I don't want to live in that universe. It's okay, like super, okay. It's a super famous thing. Like Star Trek. It's nice. It's idealistic. Warhammer is a, is a hellhole, and going through the warp is like driving through hell. Sure. And tearing your mind open just to go anywhere. Um, it's, it's really the opposite. It's kind of the same thing. So I, I get it. I appreciate that you you share share that. There's sometimes you like the character. You know, it doesn't mean you want to yeah. like what they do, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
0: some characters that you, know, you like either way. Yeah. But she, again, is schooling him on politics and what he can and can't get out of people. And eventually it goes to, yeah, licking her foot. She sticks her foot out. And, I mean... It's all just a ploy because she kicks him in the end. She just wants to see him grovel. I
1: and I did not expect that at all. I thought like she was going to take this opportunity to get something out of him, and it was going to be something like spy on Roswell. And I thought that's that would be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> the whole foot thing is like that is not. Uh, she just jumps straight into a sadistic.
0: Yeah, and I like that too because she could go the other way, like you're saying, but she probably already has people doing that stuff. It's so fair. this is just someone like. For her amusement, just a clown. Like, oh, I'm bored right now. Let's see how I can mess with this poor person. Right. Who's obviously desperate and willing to do whatever... So but he, he has just... no
1: value, like like we're kind of seeing exactly every, every time he talks to these people. He's like, even the biggest thing he can offer, again, that's not his. It's like, Amelia out of the race. It's not even his to offer, and it's going to happen regardless, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's here. He's like, what does he have for this person?
0: Nothing. <laughs> he, he keeps... Yeah, he brings up the alley like that meant something to her, but obviously it didn't.
1: I didn't even think... So I didn't even think that he saved her. I know that no. he uses that wording. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to make sure, like, am I remembering that correctly well
0: he thinks in his head that he did something but i have a feeling like she can handle herself yeah she comes up pretty strong in his face with her little fan i feel like that's some kind of weapon
1: right yeah i definitely thought he didn't save her and he was just like white knighting it sort of right Mm -hmm.
0: exactly and he probably doesn't understand the extent of what he's saying or the i guess the situation anyway so uh that owl guy the guy that has the uh what night Armor, (laughs) helmet.
1: Helmet, but like barbarian underneath.
0: Yeah, yeah. We never see his face because I guess it's messed up or whatever. He He takes him outside. Yeah, he seems pretty okay. (laughs) He seems pretty chill, which is great (laughs) because she's not chill at all. But he's like, sorry, I, I should probably tell you to get out of here before she makes me kill you or something. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a real bro. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, he is. I wonder if they do that on purpose, that they match the knights with a different, like a more opposite personality. Because she is not chill at all. So putting no. him with her is cool. Uh, and also the one, Cruche, uh, Krush, Cruche, um, is more reserved but i thought doesn't crochet have felix
0: yeah who's and felix very, is
1: very outgoing right
0: very colorful person yeah well,
1: i'll have to keep that in mind when i consider the uh, next few
0: yeah well the next i think there's only one more right
1: yeah and she's my favorite so far oh, she's your actually, favorite I don't a russian, know, no. little russian girl so i like her a lot but it's more of what i hope she represents and becomes right now out of what has happened for sure it's uh crochet Right. I like you think.
0: Yeah. You think that this person is just way too young. Maybe she. (laughs) I don't I don't even know. Like at first she comes off kind of like Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who are these people? I want what I want. I think that's how she came across in that whole council meeting. But she comes across differently here.
1: Yes, and I, definitely more of the uh, Ferengi-type goblin that I was hoping it would be. Like, actually good at economics. Like, yeah, you it's not great that they focus on it, right? Nobody wants to be the greedy one. But if you're good at it, at mm-hmm. least, like, they have a goal and a way to do it. So it, I like yes. the Baruch Salt because of the headdress and everything.
0: Right, exactly. So Subaru walks back into town. He's just pissed, and he runs into this little cat girl who... Eventually brings him around to Anastasia. Um, They go to a restaurant and immediately he just doesn't beat around the bush. He's like, I need help. And it's the wrong play. And this is something that, yeah, I wish. (laughs) Yeah. When I guess in negotiating tactic, you kind of want to uh, learn a little bit more about the person, learn where they're coming from, what you can offer and all that kind of stuff, because he he still, again, has no nothing to offer. Her. Right. And but he he's learning a
1: little bit. So
0: this mm-hmm. is um I think she actually tells him, she gives him some valuable clues here.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if she she's baiting him. Maybe she like feels sorry that she can manipulate Probably. him so easily. But he also does it's like, What's what's in it for you? Right. So I, I feel I, I do like that part because it's like, okay, at least he's calmed down a little and at least he can try and kind of think through.
0: Right. So he wants a carriage and she actually is willing to give him one. I like that she folds a, a note and slides it across the table. <laughs> she <laughs> likes how dramatic it is for no reason. But uh, it turns out that little cat girl uh, that's with them is the number uh, what the number two in command of their army.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how did you feel about that?
0: Uh, it's just a silly kind of thing. I feel like we've seen a lot of silliness. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this is a magical world, so who knows what could happen? Yeah, who knows how these people are, actually are? I mean, think about Yoda or something.
1: Okay, he's pretty powerful. That's but he's true. A yep. little
0: muppet, you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: I know. I, okay, so that's a good way to think about it because I it wasn't my favorite at first. No, I, it's of... not my favorite either. Oh, okay. Because I, I thought it's a cool idea to have someone small and like actually be good at fighting. That's yeah. Of so I like disarming.
0: That. Like, oh, it's a little cute cat thing, you mm-hmm. know.
1: And they're actually just, you know, super savage. But there's Probably. one part when they're, and this might be like jumping a tiny bit ahead, but when, fine. when they're leaving... Um, I don't know if he gets mad or something and she just holds
0: a scepter up to his face.
1: Yeah. The cat girl is like, I'm, I'm strong, you know, or something like that. And I wish instead of saying it, they would have shown it because they've already established by showing her position in leader of the army. Like if she had like bonked him really quick or kind of like shown up in front or like just, you know, one of those Rock Lee teleports right in front of someone. Right. Things.
0: Yeah. I see what you're saying there. And I, I get how that would have been really cool looking, but I think it was a standoff and they didn't want to play their hand. Okay, so like keep more hidden about what they can do? Maybe. That's the feeling that I got from them because th- they even, you know, were like, we don't want to go this far. and And then they didn't have to. But of course, later on, we see that the Entire restaurant is just full of her people.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was I didn't I didn't expect that. That was pretty funny.
0: I I liked it. I li- I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty savage. I thought
1: pretty like she has more power than she seems. She seems just to be wheeling and dealing. But oh, speaking of wheeling and dealing, right? Uh, they did talk about the the carriage, and she does slip the information that you had you had alluded to. Yeah, that uh, somebody's like buying up all the iron for weapons, that sort of thing. Right, and then. When Subaru's like, oh, what's in it for you? And then he kind of lets slip that somebody was meeting. Yeah, the fellows, that the Russell fellows. fellows guy. And, then she and that's very
0: interesting of... to her. Yes. So that's he's, more information like, huh, than huh, she. Huh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's even more information than she thought, because she knew actually. And she says at this point that she knew that he had a talk with Crochet. And that there was some words they exchanged, (laughs) you know, went back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to speak to him to see if she could kind of even just based on her questioning, maybe just even a look that he would give to betray what happened. Right. She didn't even think that she would get that much, I don't think.
1: Nope. It seems like she just knows how to play it. And uh, even again, I always thought that Anastasia would be the most likely to be sure that she's getting something out of it. Right. Mm hmm. And I really like that they soften that up, that she's getting something out of it, but she's not sure. And she does give him the tip. Uh, You mentioned she's like giving me pointers. She might feel bad for him that Mm -hmm. the social favor is powerful, even without saying it. Right. So Subaru, even though may not have given him anything, would Mm -hmm. kind of owe him. And I feel that 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 is actually a good distinction between. How Subaru might work because he's very adamant, like you have to repay this. But mm-hmm. Anastasia might be more that powerful. People she deals with are probably powerful because they're good at these sorts of things, right? So having that little social, um, it's it's yeah. not it's not a law, right? You don't have to pay them back, but if you no. don't, it looks bad. So she kind of leans on that because I think that's uh, something that
0: same thing that she's saying, like you have to be able to give a little something to take something, and so I think she's following her own advice. Or maybe how she looks at these situations. So, when he gives her more than she thinks she deserves, she gives a little more. And so she starts just talking about how, look, you've done a lot of stuff. That's not gonna go away. But when you show up to these things, you have to do your homework. You have to show that you're someone willing, or how would you say? I guess someone that these people can bet on, not just be this impulsive wreck, but. Be someone who can actually bring something to the table that they can trust in. Right. And that's what he hasn't shown yet. But of course, he's still too crazy and impulsive to really <laughs> let that sink in. <laughs> yep. And he
1: thinks he does. And I, it's it's hard to see it from his viewpoint because he's tried so many times. Yeah. Right. So for him, he gets credits for trying. But mm-hmm. for everybody else, they only see like the end result.
0: <laughs> Which is just a mess.
1: Yeah. At least in this part, because they ha- probably didn't... Maybe they have heard about what he did in the village, but probably not known probably how, how difficult not. it was.
0: But yeah. Probably not. Yeah, well, I mean, we only know how difficult. they. They probably know that he went down there, said that the barrier was broken, went, and then all the other people had to bail him out when he kept getting attacked and cursed.
1: That sounds about right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we only know because, you know... All he's really doing is uncovering the truth and he's kind of swaying. He's almost incepting the right way of things, uh, the right (laughs) storyline, but no one else can see that happening because they're being uh, persuaded unbeknownst to themselves. Does that make sense at all? Like he's making things happen, but in a way that it's impossible to let people know that he's doing it, that he's the guiding hand. Yep. Yeah, I, I and I that's agree why it's that. so frustrating.
1: Right. And he, I think it's hurting him. Um, aside yes. from his impulsiveness, he keeps relying on like, I did this. I, I deserve. And maybe that's where some of it is coming from. That yeah. feeling that they're obligated to him is because of those things that they can't see and he can't mm-hmm. separate the two because how could he right? He literally lived through it. So mm-hmm. to him, it, it happened. So how do you separate that and just kind of understand exactly what they know and don't that's that's
0: rough. Mm hmm. At this point, he heads back. He takes that carriage with Rem and heads back. If they go this way out through, I guess, the, the fog and everything, um, they'll be back by morning instead of that long way that they took that one time where it'd be two and a half days or whatever. On his way, he does see this gathering of other carriages and Otto is there. That one guy that we saw that first time that he met in that, what, bar or whatever.
1: Yeah, I thought he like just grabbed him randomly. but it's pretty funny that he's like a recurring character. Right. He now? is
0: a recurring character, and I think I said it last time. I checked in the English dub version, the guy who voices Otto is the same guy that voices Tanjiro in Demon Slayer. Oh, nice. So it's it's a weird thing. Like I could tell just not a, he's not using the same exact voice, but he's using he has a lot of the same inflection points. Hmm. So when he when he resolves like words and things, I hear that anyway. That's so um, funny.
1: So are you like half expecting auto to just go demon slayer on everybody
0: <laughs> not really because it, it's one of those things like oh that sounds like somebody or the way that someone sounds but it's not the same voice anyway he joins their little whatever they're in front of campfire they're talking shop about all the different things that they're trying to do and he realizes that if he can persuade these carriage people that that's enough people maybe to Carry all the villagers away from the village, maybe get Amelia and everyone out of the mansion and just go far, far away, you know? Right. So that becomes the plan. He promises a lot of money to a lot of these people, even Otto, who has purchased too much oil out of some bad, (laughs) I don't know, deal that he did.
1: Yeah, I liked it. Maybe he's like a bad bet on the market. I liked Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to use what Anastasia said that a lot of people are there and buying everything up and he was kind of just going to make a big market swing. So I was really hoping that he'd like buy it all so he could resell it knowing what he knows and be like, oh, you need oil to finish refining the the iron. So now he has like a bit of an in and can do something that way. I thought that'd be pretty funny.
0: It's not. It's not. It's pretty simple. He just wants to transport all the villagers away.
1: Yeah, much Um, more in character.
0: Much more in character, much more to the point. Uh, anyway, so they set out, and they're running along. He finds out, I guess Rem tells him, oh, you have a map in your backpack or whatever. He, he goes in there, grabs his cell phone. Everyone's, like, interested in, what is this? <laughs> and he's kind of smug about it, too. They see the flugel's tree, which is this huge tree in the middle of nowhere, and it pierces the clouds, they say. It's that tall and we see it it's pretty big
1: yeah and they had some lore for it but surprise i i since it's um since it shifted focus at this point um i was surprised there wasn't more about the tree or some cool druids or or something really Mm -hmm. interesting maybe later Mm
0: -hmm. yeah all this stuff will matter (laughs) oh man (laughs) i mean yeah are you keeping track like everything there's so much (laughs) no wonder uh he he needs like i don't know some kind of cheat Notebook or something, just to take <laughs> he can or doc- maybe we do, he can <laughs> just watching it.
1: Yeah, he can Dr. Stone it and uh, get a battery charger and take notes on his cell phone.
0: Oh my gosh, maybe. Anyway, he notices at this point, like after they're talking about the tree, that the guy on their right, the carriage on the right, has disappeared. And Otto doesn't know who he's talking about. He says, There's not, there hasn't been anyone else up here with us. That's a weird thing. And then as they're talking about that, this fog starts playing around them, surrounding them. And he holds his little cell phone up to light through the fog. And you don't expect a huge, huge eye to just open and just lock on him.
1: I definitely didn't expect it. I was thinking maybe the white fog is a metaphor. Maybe the whale is like chasing something Moby Dick style. So it's more, mm-hmm. you know, metaphorical. But no.
0: It's a giant whale <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's bellowing the fog. It's like at some point it, it does its shriek or whatever scream, whatever they, like you would call that and expels all this just fog everywhere. And that's, that's how the episode ends.
1: Yeah. I think the, the fog whale kind of slapped him, and the, that's it. He's dead. There's, I like that. There's no preview, no explanation. It's just, no. <laughs> it's game over.
0: Yeah. It really, it really is something. Uh, this, uh, they keep, doing different things and that's another reason why i love this because it keeps you guessing you you know what i'm saying it's not like uh episodic where it's the same kind of thing just a different different villain a different you know whatever match right
1: yeah the things he deals with he deals with differently um the endings are... I, I, I really like the endings, too. They're so good. With uh, the one that seemed like a cinematic movie ending. Oh, that s- was last time. Right. And then another like third of the time, it does something like this, where it's like, is, is it over? What?
0: <laughs> what just happened? It, y- yeah. You don't expect a whale in the fog, you know, in the middle of a, I don't know, like a plane, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. Uh, there's so much to talk about, but I love all this negotiation, all this politics, And these people are so interesting. Anyway, we'll get more of that next time, but until then, our watch has ended. I've been Tim. I've been Brian. All right, take care, guys.
1: at all